Lord, we just thank you that you do have our future in the palm of your hand. Lord, you have our future in the palm of hand when we trust you. Lord, when you are our living hope, when you're the one we look to, the one we trust, Lord, we just thank you for that. Help us not to worry. Help us not to fret. Lord, just help us to relax and just trust you. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you that you, you are faithful to us when we're not faithful. Lord, we thank you for your love and your care and your provision and all that you have for us. Lord, we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to share today a little bit about future. Not that I'm going to try and be anything prophetic, but um, it's always good to, you know, think about the future. We've talked, we've talked, a, as a congregation, as a church, um, we've, we've talked different times about, you know, how far ahead should you plan? You know, like, well, some people say, well, you need to have a five-year, a 10-year plan, and I kind of just go, wow. You know, I'm just trying to hope for tomorrow, maybe, you know, get through today. I don't know. I, I've just never been one to get that far. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it's scriptural because the Bible says, you know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. So, you know, we can plan, and I'm not saying we shouldn't plan, and you can have ideas, but just know that it can change. You know, it can change. And as we think about the future, it's not like everything's going to change. You know, some things may change. But, you know, as a church, we'll continue to do the things we do, the things that, you know, we see as important. Worship, you know, worshiping God. You know, it's important that we recognize him. And we worship him because of who he is and what he does, what he has done for us. We worship him. We'll continue to, to pray and, and study his word. You know, and I don't go over these things just quickly and say, well, you know, but, you know, they're important. They're why, why we are and who we are. We'll continue to serve. You know, there's different things we do as a church to serve. Um, you know, we, we help with the sharing kitchen and false story. I'm going to share some of the things, especially for folks that are new. But, you know, we, we serve at the sharing kitchen and false story about four times a year. We go down and help serve meals and we financially support the sharing kitchen. Um, we go down to Mission in Kentucky uh, in the summer and we go down there and do projects and, and the youth go down and we do projects for the for them down there. Twice a year we send... Uh, uh, food and clothes down there. It'll be coming up probably in March. I'm not sure when Bob Carpenter's going to be going down, but we send things down to help them and, and just periodically do things for the mission in Kentucky. Um, you know, we do the Operation Christmas Child and, and other things in, in a way of serving others around the world and partic participating with other ministries. Um, some of you do personal things outside of the church, you know, ministries to nursing homes. Um, somebody does ministry to school children. They go, they go and uh, I, they told me last week that every, every day of the week they go and share Bible stories in the schools. Um, every day of the week they go. So there's just different things that people do. And, and I encourage you to think about what you can do. You know, sometimes we do things as a group, as a church, and sometimes it's just people doing what God's called them to do wherever they're at. Um, we talked about expanding that, and, you know, what are some new ways we might do something new? Um, somebody said, well, they heard about a laundromat mi ministry. I said, really? 
Yeah, they said uh, every so often the church goes into the laundromat and they pay everybody's bill or pay their toke or whatever they put in their washing machines. They pay to have their laundry done. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Now, let me tell you something. The person that had this idea isn't going to do it. Do you know there's people that just have ideas? See, they're not here today, so I can talk about them. But no, no. But there's people that have ideas, and they're important, but they're not going to do it. Well, the other thing is, they had the idea, and they told me, I'm not going to do it. Unless somebody says, wow, that's something I'd be interested in, and I'd be interested in doing that, then we might consider doing that. Okay? Because I can't do everything that everybody thinks up. You know? And so, so, you know, it needs to be people say, oh, yeah, that's something I could do. And along that line, I would encourage, you know, I mentioned before about our older folks, and I don't, I don't share this, but I, I think I need to. You know, there are people in our congregation who have been with us for 30 years. And they're getting old and they're dying off. They're going to be with the Lord. Do you know what that means? That means other people need to step up. And the church will become somebody else's. You know, it's, it has to be yours. It's not something you just go to, but it has to become yours. And, you know, those folks, they committed and they've done a lot of things and gave and supported. And, and, and I'm thankful beyond words about that. But I'm also reminded that unless the next generation steps up, it's not going to keep going. And, and you are, but I just want to encourage you to know that that's important and keep stepping up because it has to happen. It just has to happen. So we'll continue to serve and, and, and seek out new ways to serve. Um, we continue to reach out to youth and children in the area. We have three vans now, and we haven't made a final decision, but we were talking about, well, we, you know, we, buy a, we bought a new van to upgrade. The one that was air conditioning went out, and it's kind of getting old. Well, we'll upgrade. So we got three. And now all of a sudden we found that there's a couple times we've needed three vans. So I'm not sure what the conclusion will be with that. But, you know, it almost looks like maybe maybe three won't be bad. But we just won't take the one to Kentucky. We won't make the trip to Kentucky in that one. Um, as, as a church, we support ministries. We support um, John Tressel, who is a, a missionary in France. Um, John had a church over there, and now he kind of does a ministry to churches. He's he's um, travels a lot and encourages the churches in France, and uh, he's been doing that for years. We support a fellow by the name of Paul I. Um, Paul, I saw Paul last summer, and, and he talked about. He said, "Wow, we ought to come to to uh, New Hope and and see you people." And I said, "Oh, that'd be great." Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. I'd love to have Paul come. He's from Vietnam. Paul was a he was a Buddhist monk in Vietnam and an atheist and a and a, he was also a witch doctor. And uh, he got saved and started preaching. He ended up in prison for about le- ten or eleven years in Vietnam after the war. He was on a he was getting ready to get on a boat to leave Vietnam, and the Lord spoke to him and told him to stay. And then spent ten or eleven years in and out of prison, and it was and it was a just a terrible time. And uh, anyway, in the process, you know, of 
all those things. Paul, he got saved, and, and he has a ministry. He, Paul is somebody I call unbelievable. I don't know. He's just, he has a ministry to uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Malaysia. He travels all over the world. He's gone all the time. He's always going somewhere, and uh, he's an apostle like I've never seen before. If, you, if I ever seen an apostle, it's him. It's him because he he just starts churches and, and goes back and sees him. He's just on the go all the time and and uh, just a great ministry to support. I feel bad that a lot of you have never met him. Uh, maybe someday it'll work that he can come and uh, we'll see. Um, we support Lincoln Peters, who is at Bowling Green State University, ministering to students on Bowling Green on the campus. And uh, I just heard the other day that he's probably going to keep doing that for another year or two because he was thinking about, well, Maybe it was time not to do that, but I, I heard that he might be continuing to do that. We support the Bowling Green Pregnancy Center in Bowling Green. Like Mary said, somebody's going to come and share that with you in a couple couple of weeks. Um, we also support the Gideons. They come every year. Um, we support the Salvation Army through outreach in our community. And um, that's a lot of the ministries we do. I'm not saying that's all of them, but that's, that's a lot of the ministries that we support and will continue to support. And I'm not saying we wouldn't add some to that. Now, what about the future? You know, as we were saying this morning, you know, the Lord holds the future in his hand. I just wish he'd tell me a little bit. I, I know it's in his hand and that's okay. But, you know, I just, I, you know, that's, I say that because he'll tell us at the right time. You know, it's not like he's got a secret, but, you know. It's probably as you need to know deal, you know, and we don't need to know necessarily. So when it's time to know, we'll know. Um, I want to share a story with you out of Numbers 22. And it's a story of a man by the name of Balaam. And Balaam, uh, God gave him a mission to go do something. And God, God told him, well, I'll just read it to you. Numbers 22, 20, starting at 21. So Balaam rose in the morning. He saddled his donkeys and went with the princes of Moab. And then God's anger was roused because he went. The reason God's anger was roused because he went, because God told him to go if the men came to get him. And he decided to go anyway. And sometimes when God tells us to do something, we say, okay, I'm going to do it on my terms. Well, God was, was not happy with him. And because God wasn't happy with him, an angel of the Lord stood his stand in the way as an adversary came against him. So an angel stood in his path to stop him from going. And he was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. Now this is interesting. Balaam didn't see the donkey. Because I think he had his mind made up where he was going and God wasn't going to stop him. You ever been like that, you think? I make up my mind where I'm going and what's going to happen and God's not going to stop me. He can send an angel and he's not stopping me. That's what happened here. God sent an angel and Balaam, he didn't see the angel. He didn't see him. So it's interesting. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord. Now, that's kind of interesting. An animal sees an angel of the Lord, and Balaam couldn't see it. And so 
the, the, the donkey tries to get out of the way because he's afraid of the angel. So he goes out in the field. And Balaam, he starts hitting the donkey to turn him back on the road. He's upset because what's the matter with this donkey? Get back on the road. So he starts beating the donkey, hitting him. Get back on the road. Now the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on this side and a wall on that side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed herself against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. The donkey said, man, there's an angel up there. This is, this is dangerous. He, he pushes him over to the side so his leg will scratch against the, the vineyard. And so what does Balaam do? He just starts hitting that donkey again. What's the matter? How many times do you think God tries to tell us not to do something or to do something? And we go, what is wrong? I don't get it. And we just start beating the path we want to go on. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. And when the donkeys and um, let's see, then the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way either to the left or to the right. And when the donkeys saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. So Balaam's anger was aroused, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the donkey opened his mouth. And she said to Balaam, Why have I done to you? What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have abused me. I wish there was a sword in my hand, for now I would kill you. So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey in which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse to me. And the donkey saw me and turned aside for me these three times. It, if she had not turned aside for me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. And Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not, did not know you stood in the way against me. Now, therefore, if it, you, if it displeases you, I will turn back. Then the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but only speak the word I speak to you that you shall speak. So Balaam went with the prince of Balak. Now when Balak heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab, which is on the border of Arnon, the boundary of the territory. Then Balak said to Balaam, Did I not earnestly send you, calling for you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? And Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you now. Have I any, any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth that I must speak. So Balaam went with Balak and they came to Kirjath Huzareth. Then Balak, Balak offered oxen and sheep and, and he sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. So, you know, the story is somebody that's trying to do what God wants. But they kind of made up their mind what they're supposed to do. They've decided this is the direction we're going. And God stood against him and said, no, that's not the way to go. I share all that to share this. You know, personally, in our own personal lives, there's times when God would have us to go a direction. But we've already made up our mind. We've already made up our mind. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Because I said so. 
And there's a lot of times when we just really need to be honest and honest with the Lord and say, well, Lord, what is it you want me to do? What's the direction you have for me? And then be honest about it with no, like, well, sometimes we go, Lord, what do you want me to do? And you please bless what I've already decided. Now, I think it's one of really being honest and laying everything down and saying, okay, Lord, it's up to you. It's, I really, you know, it's up to you. I want you to show me. I don't want to get on some project or some direction where I got to beat that donkey to get it done. I've got to beat it. You know, sometimes people get things in their head and you can't change them because they're, they're headed in a direction and they're going to go no matter what. And if anything gets in their way, they're going to, like Balaam, beat that donkey to make it happen. And God will say, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So as a church, you know, people, people have said to me, you know, and, and part of it is because, you know, we're new. We're relatively new as New Hope. And, you know, um, I'm not the youngest kid on the block. And so people say, well, what about the future? I'll tell you something. You don't know the future, and I don't know the future. I don't know exactly what God has in mind. But I want him to guide us and lead us. Now, everybody ought to say that, but sometimes we get put in spots where it's a little more obvious. It's a little more obvious, you know. And so I think as a church, we need to say, okay, Lord, we're here. Now, what do you want us to do? Continue to guide us. You've guided us here. You've been with us. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So he's still with us. And he wants to guide us. And it's up to us to hear and listen. People say to me about the future, they say, do you think we'll ever build a building? That's probably one of the biggest questions I get. You know, what do you think we'll ever build a building? Most everybody is fairly happy here. And when they think about it, they'll go, well, this is really nice. You know, it's a beautiful setting. You know, we can come and worship and leave. Somebody else has to maintain it. Somebody else has to take care of it. Somebody else plows the snow. Somebody else mows the grass. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Somebody will say, well, you know, it'd be nice to have our own place so we could go whenever we would want to, to have, have a place. And they'll say, like, where would you build? Now, I always say that this is pretty central, and I wouldn't want to move very far from here. Now, I'm not trying to beat the donkey and say, well, this is the only place we would build. But, you know, basically, it's fairly central. You know, for those that live in Faustoria, you know, you don't want to drive to Perrysburg. Probably, I don't know if you do. That's okay, but you know, and those that live in Oregon, Ohio, don't want to go too much further south. You know, it's fairly central. So it seems like, well, it ought to be close to here. Some people say, well, where would you build? My preference would be in a town where there is sewer and water. Just makes life a lot easier. Doesn't mean you can't build out in the country. And to be honest with you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if we, if I wanted to push building, I could make it happen. I could make it happen. It wouldn't be really hard. I mean, I could make it happen. I could beat that donkey and we'd, we'd get her done. You know, 
and you know I, I you know I could I've got I've got land I could give land and say well, let's just build on my land that'll that's easy I can make this happen you know we can we, we can make it happen but I don't I'm not going to do that partially because I think maybe I've learned a little wisdom maybe over the years beating the donkey will get the job done but it always doesn't make it always right and when you're not in God's will it's a not a good place to be so most of all it's important for us to know Lord what do you want us to do what do you want us to do some people say well do you think you could build another building no not like I did before you know, I know what it takes. I know what it takes. I would do it differently. I would not be out there 10 hours a day pounding on a building and then trying to do ministry the rest of the time. I can't do that. Doesn't mean we can't get it done. I'm just saying it's not going to happen like it did before. You know, there's going to have to be, there would have to be young people step up, you know, there would have to be things done differently if that ever happened. And I'm not saying it's happening. Part of the reason I'm not saying it's happening because I don't know exactly what the future holds. Here's, here's an out, okay? And I like this one. I'll just share it with you. Maybe Jesus will come back and we just won't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's, I'm kind of you know, hoping for that. You know, I'm, I'm selfish. I'm kind of like, well, but I don't want to do that and say, well, that doesn't mean I should be irresponsible in the meantime. You know, okay, Lord, if you're not coming back right away and you want us to do something, let us know. Here's, the, here's what I want to say. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Now, righteous. I'm not righteous. You're not righteous on your own. We're, nobody's good. Our righteousness comes from him. Okay? So my righteousness comes from knowing where my righteousness comes from. I know him. And he's the one that makes us righteous. So I expect him to guide our steps. That when it's the right time, that doors will open. I said doors will open. I didn't say we're going to kick any doors open. Okay? You can kick doors open and make them open. They'll open. They'll, they'll come open. Doesn't mean God's in it. In the same way in our life. You know, I can make things happen in my life. And I can make things come about, but it doesn't always mean it's right. It's right. So I trust the Lord to guide our steps in that direction. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I've looked at land. I've looked at lots. I've looked at buildings. I've looked at strange buildings. I've drawn plans. Okay. Now, I say that to say it's not like I didn't get stimulated once in a while with thoughts. But... None of them enough to get on that donkey, okay? And I'm not kicking that door, but, you know, I'm open. You know, people say, well, well, you got to be open. Okay, Lord, show me. Show us what it is, what it is we're to do. What it is. And if we never build, it's fine. If we don't, if we do, it's fine. However that works out, I don't know. Or if the Lord ever opens up a building, you know, like, well, here's a building. Now, that would be a big miracle because there aren't a lot of buildings in this area, okay? You know, if you live in the city, buildings are kind of like, you know, empty malls. We walked through the Bowling Green Woodland Mall the other day, and 
oh, look at all these empty stores. Why, you could put 100 churches in here. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, there's buildings, you know. I walked through Wayne the other day. I didn't see a building anywhere. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But here we are. I believe where God wants us. And we will see what the future holds. We will see. We'll see. We'll see what, what happens. So don't go out and tell anybody, well, pastor said we're building. I didn't say we're building. We may never build. You know? We may think about it tomorrow. I don't know. That basically. You know? But I know the one that holds us in the palm of his hand. And we trust him. We trust him, just like you. Whatever you're going through, you know, whatever you're going through, learn to trust the Lord. Trust him. You know, he knows what you're going through. He knows. He knows your pain. He knows your struggle. You know, and you may feel like, well, it seems like God doesn't, I don't, I don't hear anything. Or God's not there. Well, he is. He is. It, it may not always seem like it. You know, it may not always happen exactly the way I thought it would. But I know when it's over, I can look back and say, oh, that's what he was doing. My hindsight is much better than my foresight. You know, and it'll be that way in your life, too, in personal things. You know, going through it, you're like, Lord, where are you? Where am I going? What's going on? I don't understand. But when you trust him, you know, he goes before us. He prepares a way. And when it's done, you look back and go, wow, look what God did. Look what he did. So I encourage you, you know, whatever, whatever it is you're struggling with. You know, everybody has, you know, there's, everybody's struggling with all kinds of things, you know. And if you're not struggling with anything right now, find somebody to pray for. <laughs> You know, that's okay. You don't have to. But if you're not struggling, have a little compassion on people that are. Sometimes when the church looks at people that are struggling, we have no compassion for them. Our big comment is like, well, if you did this and this, if you read your Bible more, you'd be better. If you prayed more, you know, we'd give them all kinds of religious activities they ought to be doing instead of having compassion for them. Yes, we ought to read our Bible. Yes, we ought to pray. But, you know, we need to have compassion for them where they're at. They're struggling. We can help them say, hey, I'll pray for you. Can I pray for you? You know, is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you? You know, and so as a church, I think we're, you know, we're fine. You know, we're, as much as I can tell where God wants us, he's using us. Things are happening. He's reaching out to people, ministering to people. We're being the church. If we never build, it's okay. And if we build, it's okay. You know, we'll leave the future in his hand and we'll trust him. We'll trust him. We'll listen. And when I say listen, I expect all of you to pray. I expect all of you to listen. And you may say, well, I never hear it. You know, you would be surprised sometimes the things that I have felt like we ought to do from people who were insignificant in their own mind about their ability to have input you know if the lord's going to speak it doesn't mean it's going to all come speaking to me he might speak to you and then we would listen and say okay 
Let's see. And then maybe somebody else would say, you know, I've been thinking about this. Okay, now we got a couple people speaking. And maybe we get another one says, hey, what about this? And all of a sudden you start to think, is God trying to say something? Oh. And, you know, it kind of sometimes just kind of comes together that way. So I just encourage you as you as you pray, you know, pray for direction, guidance, that the Lord would help us to do what we're doing and continue to do it and expand what we're doing. Serve him, serve others. And be what he wants us to be. So, you know, the future is ahead. Who knows? Who knows? If I could predict the future, why, you know, we'd all be rich. <laughs> we'd all be rich, or at least think we were or something. But um, So, you know, we'll, we'll just wait and see. We'll see. Trust the Lord. He's got it in control. He knows what's going on. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for being with us. Lord, we remember that when you called Abraham, you just told him to pack up his family and start heading out. You didn't tell him where he was going. You didn't tell him what was going on. You told him he was going to make, make a great nation out of him. And, Lord, he did. He obeyed. And so, Lord, that's how you work. You tell us to move. Tell us to, to pack up. Get ready. We don't know for sure always everything that's going on we don't know exactly the direction but lord we trust you we trust you we look to you lord we know that you'll guide us and direct us lord we have faith and trust in you lord we know that you have good for us so lord we just keep our eyes on you lord just help us to keep our own thoughts under control as much as possible and lord we'd be able to hear from you lord i pray if anyone has a need for prayer this morning lord if you if anyone would like prayer that you would come up and off to my left. Um, Tom's here today. Tom would be glad to pray with you after the service as soon as I dismiss. Lord, we just thank you for being with us. Continue to guide us. Lord, just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.